0: Pantano, we had an amazing weekend. We had serve our city, meaning that we were spread throughout our town, serving our community. And not only were you able to have a local impact, but you were able to have a global impact. Here are some of the things that you accomplished as a church this weekend. Over 1,200 of you were spread out throughout our city serving. 774 of you were off-site. 293 of you were serving either at our East Campus or our Southeast Campus. And 178 of you were serving at your neighborhoods. And between all of you, you were able to serve over 2,500 hours. That is amazing. we are helping ABCS, Arizona Baptist Children's Services, be able to move into a new home that's going to serve families in some of the meatiest areas of our city, right here in Midtown. Hi, my name is Chelsea Howard, and I'm really excited to be serving and helping and just changing lives in little ways because it makes a difference in big ways later on. We had 143 signups to give gifts for Angel Tree, as well as over $200 in donations as well. Gifts were purchased for over 99 seniors. All of this happened because of your generosity. And we believe here at Pantano in loving people to Jesus. And you did that this weekend at Serve Our City.
1: man, that video just blows my mind. It is so great that we get to come together as one church and serve our city and to show our city how much Pantano loves Tucson. So thank you very much for being a part of that. Over 1,200 volunteers all over the city, t-shirts everywhere. I mean, did you guys run into any people wearing t-shirts last week? I mean, I saw t-shirts everywhere and it's awesome. We give God the glory and are so thankful for that. So this may be your very first time sitting and participating in a message that I am giving. So I want to give you a little bit of a heads up. There's a couple things you need to know about me. First is I'm from East Tennessee and so sometimes I pronounce words very odd, okay? They sound perfectly okay to me and my family that's in the front and I've adapted somewhat to an Arizonan accent. But Every once in a while, you're going to be like, what did he just say? Uh, And so that's all right. Just come up and ask me afterwards and I'll translate. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, is I love feedback when I'm teaching. And so, you know, sometimes people preach and and you just, you're you're dialed in to what they're saying. When I teach, I really love a back and forth um, with you guys. And so feel free to answer questions, to hoop and holler you know, to, yeah, just be yourself. Let's ha- let this be a conversation as we explore scripture today. Can we do that? All right. I'm excited to be here. We're finishing our series. How could we not? And it's so appropriate that we're ending on, and we kind of planned it that way, but it's appropriate that we're ending on how could we not show gratitude? Because what's coming up this week? Thanksgiving. Have you guys started the rush to clean your houses yet? All right, it's coming. So students, be ready. All right, you just do what you need to do uh, and everybody will be happy. But Thanksgiving is approaching this week and we're going to be talking about gratitude today. But in reality, it can be a little difficult sometimes to live a life of thankfulness. You know, I think we do a really good job of having moments of thankfulness uh, in general. I think everybody is pretty good at that. But sometimes, whether it be our personality makeup, maybe it's the situations that we're dealing with in our life, it can be a little difficult to live a life of gratefulness, to live a life of thankfulness um, to God. And so we're going to talk about that uh, this morning. And I remember one of these times for me and for my family and, uh, if you don't know me, I am married, uh, to a much smarter, um, way out of my league woman named Laura. And, uh, she's a teacher for TUSD, uh, here in the city. And I have two daughters. I have a 13 year old daughter and a five year old daughter. So y'all pray for me. Um, we're in the teenagers, but you know, um, we're, we're very blessed. Um, and so my family and I, um, we experienced one of these times that I was just talking about where it's a little difficult to find thankfulness. And in particular, this was really a heart issue with me and what I struggled with. But to understand this story, we need to talk about something that sometimes people in Arizona are not familiar with. And that's this contraption called a basement. All right. Now, I'm not going to have you raise your hands and, you know, say, I've no, I don't know what that is, uh, you know. And if you've got one, wow, we all want to come there in the event of a tornado randomly striking uh, Tucson. So be ready. But a basement for those of you that don't know what that is. What that is, is people intentionally and by choice dig a hole in the ground and they build a room inside that hole, and then they build the house on top of that. And there's typically stairs, maybe a door around the back. You guys are tracking with me. And so my parents had a house that was built in the 1920s, and uh, their basement uh, used to be just a dirt floor uh, and you know bricks around it. Um, but we find ourselves in this basement. What happened is my wife and I and our oldest daughter at the time, Um, She's the only one we had. We were living in Indiana, and I was pastoring at a church there in Indiana, and we felt the call of God to move to Tennessee to plant a church in my hometown of East Tennessee, Elizabethton, Tennessee, if you guys are familiar with that. Nobody. Okay, so (laughs) it's really close to where Dolly Parton's from, uh, and that's our claim to fame. So she's a national treasure. But um, anyway... So we feel God calling us to move to Tennessee to plant a church. And we get there, we, you know, we leave our church well in Indiana, we pack all of our stuff up, and I ask my mom and dad, who lives in Elizabethan, It's where we grew up. I asked them, I say, hey, can we uh, live in the basement maybe for like a month because we're going to be looking for an apartment because we're planting a church. We have people supporting us. We have churches coming alongside of us. And you guys know if you've been a part of the Revolution crew for a while, you know, planting a church is rather difficult. Okay. And you need those support systems and structure. And so we had all of these things lined up. We, we were moving. We were excited. We were going uh, to be starting. And then the financial crash of 2008 hit, and every single one of our supporters backed out of our church plant for finances, and uh, we were in my parents' basement without any income. And I told my mom and dad, hey, we may end up being here for a little longer. Is that okay? And they are awesome very gracious, uh, and they allowed us to stay. But this basement is like 300 square feet, if that. Okay? I am 6'2", and the ceilings, I would have to bend over, okay, to to get in, because it just, it wasn't built. I mean, it was like for canning goods uh, and those types of things. It wasn't built for people to live in. Uh, But we lived down in this basement. My wife and myself our, uh, my, our oldest daughter at the time, Grace, uh, and then we had two cats, uh, which I'm highly allergic to, um, two cats join us in this 300-square-foot basement. And this was a very, very difficult time. The church that we were going to launch uh, started having issues because we had no funding. We merged with another church, and there was just a lot of things going on, and none of this was working out the way that we thought it would work out. And we're in the basement. <laughs> my parents' bedroom's right above us. So it's just, it's, it's, it's odd, it's hard. We're, we're grateful for my family being there with us, but it's just a really difficult time. So, you know, I'm like, all right, well, I need to go get a job. And so I started applying for jobs. And I remember applying at this one fast food place. And the lady told me, she said, um, you just don't have any experience. Um, you don't have any real world life experience with people, and I was like, "But I've been a pastor. Like I'm, you know, gone to Bible college. This is like I, I, you know, led a ministry of a couple hundred people. I've dealt with budgets. I've had staff." You, she's like, "No, no, no, no. You don't have any real experience." Um, with people and I couldn't even get a job at this fast food location and and so it just it was it was rough so I this began a period of time for about six months where I was unemployed I was unemployed and that's very difficult for somebody that's very driven and likes to get things done and so sitting on our couch watching Netflix while trying to search for jobs and being told that surprise you don't really take resumes anymore you just do it online I didn't know that, um, and, and so it just was a really rough time, and it created this depression in me. I've always uh, dealt with depression, but it just got really, really bad during this time, and I remember many conversations with God where I kept saying, God, I never thought I would be in this situation. I never thought I would be in a basement environment, God, you know, living this life, doing these things. God, you know, I have given up everything to serve you. I have prayed. We have listened. We left Indiana. We, we came to Tennessee. God, why are we here? Why can't I get a job? Why are we struggling to eat? You know, my family was helping us, but still it's difficult. You know, what is going on here? And that depression turned, like it does sometimes, into anger. And I got very angry with God. And my prayers went from desperation to accusatory. God, why? Why are you doing this? Why are you punishing me? Why are you not listening to my prayers? Why are you not answering them? Why do you not think about us? Why are you forgetting us? God, I have done all of these things for you and you have done this to me. Why? And it became A very difficult time that I found myself in a situation that I did not plan on being. Maybe you find yourself in your own basement experience. Basements can look a lot different and they function in different ways. I think each one of us maybe have experienced our own basement times at different points in our lives. Maybe you're in a basement right now. Maybe you're asking those same questions that I did, or or you're feeling a sense of hopelessness. It's hard to show gratitude when you're in the basement, especially if it came out of nowhere and you're like, I didn't choose this. I never imagined this. I didn't plan for this. Why is this happening? And we find ourselves in these basement situations. So what are we to do? How are we to cultivate an attitude of gratitude? How do we develop gratitude and thankfulness to God in those difficult situations? This reminds me of a story we find in Scripture in Luke chapter 17. Would you turn with me in the Bibles that we provide you? Luke chapter 17. It's going to be on page 715. Luke chapter uh, 17 on page 715. 715. We're going to start in verse 11. Luke chapter 17, verse 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, Have pity on us. Let's stop here. To sum it up, Jesus is traveling. Ten men approaching. What's different about these men? What do scriptures tell us is different about them? They have leprosy. Yeah, that's right. They have leprosy. And for us today, leprosy may sound like this ancient disease that is far off and something that we don't think about. But during this time, there was no cure for leprosy. And so Jesus is traveling with his group of folks and and these 10 guys with leprosy approach. And, and And we read that they're screaming from a distance to try to get Jesus's attention. And they say, master, have pity on us. Now, leprosy, was something that you never wanted to get. It was incurable. And leprosy was one of those diseases that didn't just act fast. Sometimes it, it may have gone on for a while, but it was one of those diseases that was extremely painful as, as your body began to devour itself. And so you might lose an arm or uh, you know, part of your face And and it was just one of these horrible diseases. For these 10 men, in this period of time, leprosy is their basement. Leprosy is their basement. They never asked to have leprosy. You never ever see someone raise their hand and go, I volunteer. I'll take it give me leprosy. No, they didn't volunteer. No one volunteers for leprosy. In fact, it was so horrible that law required and Jewish spiritual law also required because it was contagious and it wasn't understood. And if you got leprosy, it was automatically assumed that you had done something sinful and wrong. And and so what they did is if you got leprosy, they made you leave everything you've ever known. They had these, these places where everyone who had leprosy lived called leper colonies. And you were sent away. You left your family. You left your job. You left your children. You left your friends. You left your synagogue. You left everything. And you had to go live with other people that had leprosy. And when you did travel about, you had to wear something to cover your face. You had to keep a distance between you and everyone else around you. And when you approached people, you had to say, leper, leper. So that everyone knew that you were approaching and they could get away from you as fast as possible. Leprosy was their basement. They never asked for it. And we see them approaching Jesus and asking Jesus to have pity on them. Gratitude is hard when things don't work out the way you thought they would. Gratitude is hard when you find yourselves in the midst of your own basement story by surprise. It's hard. And it would be easy for me as a pastor to stand up here and to say to you, well, you, you, just, need, you just need to, you know, get it together, suck it up, and, and be grateful. Put on a smile. Fake it till you make it. It'd be really easy for me to get up here and say that and then go, all right, let's pray. It's been a great message. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. But I'm so thankful that the Bible... And that the Lord we follow doesn't approach these difficult situations with an answer that is just, it devalues the complexity of what's actually going on. That these situations are tough and they require real answers. We need the Lord to speak to these and that's why I'm glad the story doesn't end here. Jesus responds in verse 14. They come on him and they say, have pity on us. And then Jesus says in verse 14, when he saw them, he said, Jesus said, go, show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were what? Cleansed. Cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. Now, cleansed is a word used in scripture to mean healed. As they went to the priest on their way, after they came to Jesus, they said, Jesus, have pity on us. Master, have pity on us. And Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were what? Cleansed Cleansed, or they were healed in these moments. How many lepers were there? Ten. Ten. How many lepers were healed? Ten. Okay, let's keep reading. Verse 15. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Verse 17. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner? Then he said to him, rinse and go, your faith has made you well. Rinse and go, your faith has made you well. What does this scripture have to do with showing gratitude in our own basement experiences? Well, first of all, no one asks to have leprosy. Second, they approached Jesus... They talk to Jesus. It's interesting and it's another message where we would discuss the whole fact that they said have pity on us instead of Jesus, would you heal us? But Jesus blows their mind and he he goes beyond just having pity. He actually brings healing to them as they're leaving to go to the priest. And And then 10, right? 10 are healed. 10 go to the priest. How many come back? One. How many think Jesus? One. This scripture goes far beyond just some people that found themselves in a situation where, where they're going to be healed and, and one chooses to show gratitude. This, this story is a message for us where we find ourselves in our own basement experiences. How many came back? To show gratitude? One. What did Jesus say to him? Jesus said, you're not only healed from leprosy. You're not only healed physically. I'm going to heal you spiritually. I'm not just going to cleanse you. I'm going to make you well. I'm not just going to heal you. I'm going to make you whole. Physical healing is great. But spiritual healing lasts forever. And this man recognized what Jesus had done. And he showed thankfulness regardless of his situations. And he came back to thank Jesus. And as a result, he not only received physical healing, he received spiritual healing. And spiritual healing lasts forever. Why is this so significant? Why are we talking about spiritual healing and the difference between that and physical healing? It's interesting to note, did Jesus say that these guys had to come back and show thankfulness? He didn't say, I'm going to heal you and and you're going to go to the priest and then I want you to return and, and show thanks. He didn't say that. So maybe we can show a little bit of grace to the other nine that didn't return. But it's important enough that that one did return to show thankfulness to Jesus because it's included in Scripture. And if it's included in Scripture, then God wants us to know about it. So this guy came and he thanked Jesus. And Jesus heals him spiritually. And I think in this, this is where we see a connection between God's generosity and gratitude. We see this connection develop in the midst of their basement experiences, that the man that was healed of leprosy recognized Jesus' generosity by healing him, and he came back to show gratitude, and in return, Jesus was even more generous and healed him spiritually, and this changed this man's life forever. Spiritual healing lasts forever. And I believe that Jesus wants us to see this principle in this scripture. That his generosity is directly connected to our own thankfulness, to our own gratitude. And it rises beyond and above circumstance. How often do we say, I will be thankful in this circumstance... But it's okay because I'm only human for me to be unthankful in this circumstance. God's generosity helps us learn to be thankful regardless of the circumstance that we find ourselves in. This man chose to come back and thank Jesus. But he's not just thanking Jesus. In fact, it says that he is praising Jesus for what he's done. So it's not like I'm in the middle of my basement and I'm going, gosh, God, thank you so much for, you know, leaving me unemployed. And thank you for, you know, the cat's litter boxes right beside our bed. And, and, and this. thank you for this 300 square feet. For us to live in, it's so lavish and wonderful. You know, it, it's, it's not what he's talking about. He's talking about choosing thankfulness regardless of the circumstance. We recognize God's generosity and that is the foundation or, or the turning point in us developing uh, thankfulness for what's going on in our lives. Because it rises above the circumstance of our lives. And this man is praising Jesus. So it's not just a, gee, thanks God. It is a, wow, God, thank you. It is a praise interaction with Him and God. Whatever basement situation that we find ourselves in, God is moving. And I'm here to tell you that God got me out of that basement. And if you are in the midst of your own basement experience, God is working. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. And the fact that our God is alive and He is active and He is moving and He knows your name, He knows your situation, and He knows the desires of your heart, and God is working. And I believe that God will work in some way that removes you from that basement. Now, you may still physically be in the basement, but He can change our hearts. He can bring joy and praise regardless of those circumstances that are around us. It's so important for us to be able to learn to show gratitude regardless of where we find ourselves. Here's the truth. God is good regardless of situation. God is good regardless of situations. You know, Thanksgiving is approaching, and in general, we're all, like, super excited to eat really good food. (laughs) In general. But Thanksgiving can also be a really rough time. So, as Thanksgiving approaches, I want, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to imprint this upon your heart. As you're sitting around your table, and your family member that you may struggle with is across from you or your children are throwing stuffing against the wall, or there's a cat knocking over your Christmas tree, or the turkey is so crisp that it opens and air comes out of it, you know. (laughs) Whatever situation you find yourself in, Holy Spirit, would you help us to remember in that moment that thankfulness and gratitude rises beyond the circumstance. That we can find gratitude regardless of what's going on around us. Because the Lord is good. In the lives of these lepers, I believe that God was moving the entire time that they had leprosy. Now, I don't have leprosy and I wasn't in their situation. And again, it's really easy to say this looking back. But I would assume that they would not think to themselves in the midst of their pain and their suffering and leaving everything that they if if you were to interview them like a news reporter how do you feel about your leprosy I doubt that they would say oh the lord is good <laughs> but here's what i believe i believe god was working the entire time they had leprosy to bring them to the moment on this road where they would meet the Lord. And, the, and, the, and God was working in every situation to bring them to this encounter with Jesus, to where Jesus would go beyond their wildest dreams. They say, have pity on us. Jesus says, I heal you. I go beyond pity. I heal you. And the man comes back and he shows thankfulness. And Jesus says, I not only physically heal you, I spiritually heal you. And that lasts forever. God was working even in the midst of their basement. And He's working in your life even if you're stuck in the basement. Here's the truth. Generosity always starts with God. And because of God's generosity, then then if we focus on that, then we can develop a sense of gratitude regardless of the circumstance that we find ourselves in. This man that returned, what we see is is he's focusing on the generosity of Jesus for healing him. And and when he focuses on Jesus' generosity, it develops gratefulness in his own life, and he comes back and he expresses that, and then Jesus responds. When, When I was in the midst of my basement and I was unemployed, I was depressed and I was hurting And I felt like a failure. Jesus was preparing us for what was next. You know, it's so much easier to be grateful and to be thankful in situations when we can look back and we can see the whole picture. It's really easy for me right now to say, oh, this is what God did after the basement. But it's really difficult in the moment. And when we were in the basement, we had no idea of knowing that God was working. And if you would, go with me back to our own basement. And I'm standing on the porch one night, and, I, and, and the air is crisp, and my family is inside. My parents are in bed, and I'm standing on the porch one night all by myself, And I'm in this place of anger with God and I say to God, why are you doing this to me? I have done everything for you and you are treating me this way. That's how ingratitude shapes our heart. We start to say things like that, that when we say them later, we're like, wow, I was in a dark place. And this is what I felt like the Lord told me. Nick, how could you not be grateful for all the situations that I have saved you from that you didn't even know were approaching? How could you not be grateful to me for giving you a basement to be in and for parents to be alive and to love and to help take care of you? How could you not be thankful for your wife and your daughter to go along this difficult time with you? How could you not be thankful for all the things that I have done for you? How could you not? Now, I don't believe Jesus was scolding me in this moment. I do not believe Jesus was saying in this tone of voice, how could you not be thankful? You know, like sometimes parents talk to their kids. <laughs> Pray for me, y'all. i got a 13-year-old. Uh, so I don't think Jesus was, was speaking that way. I think he was really trying to get to my heart and say, Nick, you got to open your eyes. That gratitude is beyond circumstance. Gratitude is beyond circumstance. I am good. And you have to look beyond. After this evening on the porch in this conversation with God... Again, we didn't know what was going on or what was happening, but I get a call from a friend and he says, hey, um, we have this weird connection through a blog that I was running at the time. And he said, "Uh, I want to let you know, I I heard somewhere that you are unemployed and you're looking for a church. And I know of this church that I'm trying to find a pastor for um, in Tucson, Arizona, and I know it's the desert. Uh, And... But, you know, I want to tell you, I think this is a really good church. It's called Pantano Christian Church. And you should look it up and apply. And I looked it up and I applied and every single person that when we came out here to interview said, are you really sure you want to move to the desert? And I said, I want to get out of the basement. (laughs) And the desert, the desert is my land flowing with milk and honey. You get the Old Testament connection. The desert is the place of beauty for us. The desert is alive for us. And the rest is history. God brought me out of that basement. God's generosity grew thankfulness in my heart. And my heart, when I began to see all the good things the Lord had done for me, my heart grew gratitude and it also grew generosity to want to show others how good God had been to me. God's gratitude or God's generosity developed gratitude in my own heart which then made me want to be more generous in showing gratitude to others because generosity always starts with God. And this is what I learned and this is the takeaway for today. Choose gratitude. Choose gratitude regardless of your basement. Regardless of your diagnosis, regardless of your job, regardless of your family situation, regardless of Thanksgiving and all the stuff that's involved in that, regardless of uncertainties that, are, that may be coming in the new year, regardless, choose gratitude. You know, maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, Nick, I don't really struggle with gratitude. And maybe you're just oozing with gratitude because you already recognize God's generosity. But maybe, just maybe you're still in some sort of basement experience and you're wondering where God is at, and I want you to know that He has not forgotten you. The good news is is that it's never too late to turn around after we recognize the goodness of God and to go back to Jesus like the leopard and to show thankfulness. It is never too late for us to imitate the last leper. Let me rephrase that, the last man that was healed. That went back and became whole. One more time. How many lepers were healed? How many went back to think Jesus. Be the one. Choose gratitude. Choose gratitude. So how can we choose gratitude? Again I don't want to end today by being the pastor that's up here. And that's like you just need to put on a smile. How do we choose gratitude? Let's get practical here for a moment. First. How many in here like list? Are you a list person? All right. You're going to love this. How many in here don't like list? You're going to love this. (laughs) May take a little bit, but you will, I promise. Okay. So I want you to create a list this week. And this is appropriate because it's also Thanksgiving week. But I want you to create a list and in this list, I, or on this list, I want you to write down a full page worth, okay? A full page worth of ways that God has been generous with you. How has God been generous with you? Because again, regardless of our circumstance, God is good and He is working. We might not even know it or see it or be aware of all the things that He's prevented, but He is good. And it is helpful for us to slow down and to take note of how good God is. And this helps us as we begin to develop a sense of gratitude based off of God's generosity. So sometime this week, write down your list of all the ways God has been generous for you. For me, one of the things that, that I could write down on my list is that God has been so generous in allowing me to be able to have my family all together, sitting around our table at least a couple times a week and having dinner together. Another thing that I could write down is that regardless of how tired I am and, 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 and how much I just want to sit on the couch and veg, that my five-year-old daughter will drag my arm up the stairs because she wants to cuddle with me and she wants... To To hear my horrible voice sing a song to her and to pray with her and to put her to bed. God is so good. God's so good that the construction is over between here and you know, golf links. If you lived through that, whatever your list looks like, if you gotta reach for it, reach for it. God is good. The second way that we can show uh, or that we can develop gratitude first is to, to take stock of God's generosity and the second way is, is look for people that we can sh- uh, show generosity to. Show generosity to others. That's, that's the second thing. I found the more that I focus on God's generosity with me, again, the more gener- or gratitude it develops in my heart, which then the more generous I want to be to those around me. I want to tell people just how good the Lord is. And what's cool is this, then when they look at you, especially someone who doesn't know Jesus yet, and they look at you and go, how on earth could you be grateful in this moment? You say that God's good, but look at all that's around you. And it's so amazing that our heart can be in the place that we can say, let me tell you how good my God is, even in the midst of my moment. And then show generosity to those around you. Maybe you need to be generous with your words. Listen, I know it's a stressful time of year. we got a lot of things going on, so maybe, maybe you are uh, a little sharp with your tongue with people in your home or at work. And maybe this week when you realize God's generosity with us And it develops gratitude in your heart, and then you want to show generosity to others. Maybe you go to those people that you've been sharp with, and you're just generous with your words. You build up instead of tearing down. Maybe that's a practical way you can show generosity to others. Choosing gratitude is not easy, it's not something that comes naturally. The band is going to play a song and we're going to end today with a song that I think the words are so appropriate and they help us. And for some of us here today, this word, these songs, or this song and these words will need to be a prayer where we ask God to help make what the words are saying a reality in our own lives. For some of us, we just need to sit and listen. And let God speak to us. For some, we can praise God because the words are true. However you need to respond today, I want you to respond and be open to the Lord. Regardless of your basement, choose gratitude.